now it's the time for us to sit in meditation and to be firm in our intention in knowing the breath as it comes in and leaves. And we take this up as the object of our attention and our awareness. Samadhi, or the firm establishment of the heart, is something that bears great importance for us. Because it's normal that our minds will go and think um, and proliferate and be doing this constantly. When we go to work, it's necessary for us to use our thoughts in order to uh, bring that work to fulfillment and completion. But if we don't have um, any samadhi, then it'll be difficult for us to complete our work in a, in a good manner, in a way that brings about satisfaction. So this firm establishing of the heart, the grounding and making the mind firm, is something that is very useful and beneficial, something that gives us strength. We can use it in our work, we can use it in study, but the most important form of samadhi is that which is found in the noble path, this way that leads us out of suffering. It's a higher form of samadhi, higher than what we are able to, what we normally use in our work or in our studies. It's the gathering together of the mind into one point. So whatever method we um, find useful to bring our hearts to a state of calmness and peace, then we should use that. Now we all have faith in the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. And that's very natural for people who are starting off on the path to have this faith, but it's often not um, informed with wisdom. So what we need to do is to practice a lot, to try and bring our minds um, into calm and peace. And a good method of doing this is um, taking up the breath as the object of our awareness as the method of us cultivating sati, mindfulness. We'll quickly notice that if we are able to keep our minds on this object, our thoughts will decrease steadily. The mind will gather together, gather together until it comes to um, settle down and fills up with happiness and joy. This is what we'll experience in the early stages of developing samadhi, that the body will feel uh, light and the heart will be very buoyant. And we'll know that the happiness that we gain from samadhi and from the peace of mind is like this. We'll feel that there isn't any form of 
contentment or well-being that we've had before that can compare to that which we feel through the calm heart. And there's great happiness and um, a deep sense of uh, fulfillment in the heart. When we've gained energy through this cultivation of samadhi, then it's natural at some point we'll come out of the state and the mind will start thinking and creating again. So we need to be mindful at that point and follow through on those thoughts to be looking at them and trying to see into the nature of anicca, dukkha, anatta in them. If there are any feelings of liking or disliking, we try and contemplate them, see them as being not sure, as being inconstant. Try to keep our minds centered in a state of poise, upeka, as equanimity. And the best, best way of doing that is through cultivation of wisdom. So we have mindfulness here focused on our hearts and try to develop the uh, firmly established mind as well to bring our minds into a state of samadhi. Because if they don't have enough energy and they're not well grounded enough, then it's natural our minds will constantly be running after everything that they experience, all of the sense objects. In that case, we should bring up a meditation mantra, such as Buddha, and recite this. Or we can contemplate into the body and see the body as being inconstant or empty. You can see everything, whether it's any form or anything that's uh, a mental uh, phenomena. See it all as being empty, as being not self. There's no being, there's no animal, there's no me or other there. So this is the method of using wisdom to cultivate samadhi. We see that um, if we see things in line with a being, we see the world in this way, that it's full of uh, beings or full of people, full of animals, me and mine, then it's very easy for the mind to give rise to the kilesas of greed, hatred and delusion. Because we're always taking things in terms of me, in terms of us and them. And these people are my friends. This is my country. From that perception and that feeling, it can be very quick for conflicts to arise, to get into fighting over things, over resources, and to be causing much trouble and pain to one another. But if we have Dhamma established in our hearts, then this will be a cause for peace. When the mind is peaceful, then we'll be able to see and know into the truth. And this inner direct knowledge will arise in our hearts. We'll see that what the Buddha taught 
um, so many years ago that he passed into Thana Nibbana 2,563 years ago now, we'll be able to see that there within our own hearts and that it all comes down to this one single teaching of um, being heedful. We can see that now in the world there's a lot of confusion and a lot of chaos. And this is all arising from a sense of self, from dividing things into us and them. But us practitioners, even though things externally in the world are chaotic and unruly, it's still possible for us to have peace of mind and have happiness here in our hearts if we're able to bring our minds and calm them down, collect them, gather them together. So our hearts are the most important thing, and they're the leaders of our lives as well. Our bodies are just a collection of these four elements, and they change following causes and conditions. They're not sure, they're unstable. And just like any houses um, that we can see, or the house that we're living in, as we carry on living there and the house gets older and older, then it's normal that things will start falling apart, things will start breaking, and eventually the whole thing will just come down. So our bodies are just the same. And we can contemplate them and see um, that they are just this way. And see that we have to be separated from all of the things in this world. And if we don't understand this, we don't get much of a sense of that, then when it comes time for us to be parted from the things that we love, um, we'll feel great grief and agony over this. But it will be very difficult to have any kind of peace or stability in our minds at that point. So it's really important to not be heedless. Even though we may go to work every day, we still too need to try to be training ourselves through that. Always be taking care of the mind, cultivating the mind without stop. And it's the same for the monks as well, to always try to be cultivating our hearts. But really what the word monk means, or pra in Thai, the, the true meaning of that word is that which is noble. So for the lay people who are engaged in the cultivation of the heart, then this is noble work that you're doing. And we're able to see into the harm and the danger of the cycle of sangsara at that point. So whenever we're engaging in this practice of meditation, of lifting up our minds, then that in itself is an ordination. It's not that we ordain as a part of the sangha, but what we're doing is we're ordaining our hearts through the practice of the Dhamma. So whenever we sit in meditation, then we can see that as our ordination, our inner ordination. 
at the beginning of the practice, um, our hearts are like a piece of wet wood. This um, wood has been lying in or floating in a pond for a very long time, and it's soaked through. But we take that wood out of the water and put it up onto the bank. And even though it's on dry land now, it's still very wet. There's still a lot of sap there within it. But as it sits on the bank and it uh, receives sunlight, then it will slowly start to dry out, become drier and drier, and the sap will um, evaporate from it. And eventually we'll be able to set fire to that piece of wood. So it's the same for our hearts, that in the beginning they're still very attached and find a lot of pleasure in the external aramanas, in all of the um, forms and the sounds, the tastes, smells, touches that we experience. It finds pleasure and satisfaction in these things. But we come to take up the precepts, so the eight precepts, or the ten precepts, the 227 precepts. And for the lay people, it probably won't be every day that uh, you're keeping the eight precepts, but just on the lunar observance days is a good practice. As we... And for the monks, um, we've taken up ordination, and this is an act of us abandoning the pleasure we find in the external world. And that is what allows someone to come and ordain. To give up um, our attachment to these bodies and seeing them as being beautiful. So on the day of ordination, the upajaya, the preceptor, he gives the five kamatanas, the five objects of meditation the hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, and skin. And we go back and forth through these five objects of meditation because these are the things which cover over our body and the objects that we see as being beautiful. So because these are the most obvious parts of our bodies, then this is the very thing that we need to come and contemplate and investigate until we're under, able to understand that there's no beauty there within them. If we just look at our skin, for example, then when we pull that skin off, what's there underneath? There's just flesh and there'll be blood that comes out. And throughout our body, there's many liters of blood and it's everywhere throughout our body. No matter where you cut the skin, there'll be blood that comes out. It's there within all the cells of the body. So we need to look into these bodies and investigate what's there inside them. What does our body contain? And that's the work of the monks, to contemplate these bodies, both the external body, the outside parts of it, and also the internal body as well. We can contemplate both our own bodies and other people's bodies in this way in order to perceive them as not being beautiful, as being unattractive. And the more we're able to bring up this perception and understand 
the physical body in this way, then the brighter our hearts become. When we see the body as not being beautiful, then our hearts become beautiful. They become very radiant. If we can do this well, then we'll also perceive into the nature of this body as just being a collection of elements, or as being anicca, being unstable and constant, or empty. If there's enough energy and strength of the mind, then we'll be able to do this, to perceive into this empty nature of the body. We'll see it as just being a collection of these four elements. It depends on our character as well, on what we're naturally skilled at. And if someone has a lot of inherent wisdom, then um, they'll be able to see into the empty nature of the body, to see all physical and mental things as being um, without any abiding self. So what is this emptiness then? Emptiness essentially is the Buddha, the nature of awakening, and it's there within all things. If we have a high degree of wisdom, then we'll be able to contemplate in a way that allows us to experience this emptiness. But if our samadhi or our panya wisdom is lacking, then we'll need to contemplate on a more mundane level to see the body as being unattractive. Both the bodies of ourselves and other people's bodies as well. So we carry on doing this until um, we calm our minds down into a state of peace and we relieve our hearts from doubt. So whatever meditation object is conducive to that, then we use that until they collect together, they gather in. We can contemplate death, for example, and this can lead the mind into upajara samadhi, into neighborhood concentration. But while it's in that state of neighborhood concentration, then um, we'll be able to contemplate even more deeply. There may be very clear visions or nimittas that come up within the mind um, about the nature of the body. But this will all just develop on its, in its own way, of its own accord. So there's no need to question that, to, to doubt it. So we just train our minds and try to bring them into peace and use whatever method is conducive for that. Whether we recollect the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, or we cultivate kindness in our hearts. We just try to train our minds constantly so that we don't fall into heedlessness. So as the Buddha said, the days and nights are relentlessly passing. They're passing by, passing by. So what are we doing right now? We try to have this firm intention to be with our meditation objects and bring our minds back to that every single day. Our paramitas, these spiritual perfections, will develop through doing this, we'll also experience a peace, an inner peace and well-being. Through this very calm and stable mind, um, 
it won't be difficult to see that all physical and mental things are empty. And then the mind will realize its inner nature of awakening. We'll see clearly into the Dhamma, and through doing that, we'll perceive the Buddha with clarity as well. So for us now, we have faith, and it may be a very strong faith, um, stable faith, but it's still not yet the faith of an Arya, of a noble one. So even though we have this um, strong conviction, satta, there, we also need to inform that with wisdom as well. As we practice, then we'll be able to see things for ourselves, to know things for ourselves. And if we can get the mind into a conducive state, then we'll come to know that the mind is Buddha. It is this nature of awakening. So I ask for all of you to be sincere in your cultivation of, in the way of Dhamma. And may all of you grow in blessings.